0: All right, y'all. You already know what I'm about to say. You could probably guess it. You could probably word it off with me. We had another great episode here on the Conjugate Chats. Um, I had on Taylor Moon, who is up in Minnesota right now. A Wisconsin native. Um, great episode. Got to talk about a lot of good things with training. Um, we got we kind of dove, dove down into like some swimming and diving training, which I did not expect. Um, from him or really from this episode, I never thought I'd be talking about strength and conditioning with swimming. Um, we got to talk about all things. He's a special education teacher as well, um, which is pretty unique. And, uh, I totally relate to him in this aspect of being a high school teacher, um, teaching biology currently and, um, doing, trying to establish the strength program, um, for our schools here. Um, we also kind of talked about some data work as well. What we measure, how we measure it, what do we use data for? Is it really that important in our field of strength conditioning? Um, And yeah, and really everything else in between. It's kind of like a highlight of every aspect of what we do every day. So enjoy this episode with Taylor Moon. A couple of things before we get going off of here. Uh, Definitely want to talk about our new sponsor, which is the Working Dog coffee. Okay. This is from Brennan Sweeney down in, uh, North Carolina, uh, has a coffee, has a coffee, um, company down there. And, um, something about that company is, is that, you know, there's so many people I know that miserably consume coffee through disturbing products on the market. And the solution we have is offering an organic coffee that doesn't have any of the na- nasty side effects. That's a poorly regulated energy drink. The product, the only products you'll need on the label are 100% organic coffee with organic flavoring. Our two flavors, which is the Mal and the burner, are a great mix of a high-caffeine product and a classic Com- Colombian favorite blend for coffee drinkers. You can use the code CHATS for 15% off and every bag you buy will help support Working Dogs Charities around the country. Again, that is code CHATS for the coffee. Now, also, we have to talk about the other sponsor of this podcast. What's the other sponsor for this podcast? You can believe it. It is Team Builder. So let's talk about TeamBuilder. TeamBuilder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with an elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. TeamBuilder is full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builders, and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. Enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Um, It is, again, I believe it is, yes, December 28th. Kind of wrapping up the end of winter break or Christmas break. Um, Getting some last minute uh, programming and obviously recording done. I got on today, Coach Taylor Moon. I believe you're from, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Minnesota?
1: Yeah, I'm born and raised in Wisconsin, and I currently reside in Minnesota.
0: Gotcha, man. So, what's it like up there right now? What I mean,
1: it's actually pretty warm. I think today it was. I mean, I'm wearing my Birkenstocks still. So it's uh, we have our dome up um, that covers our football field, but that goes up every Thanksgiving. But right now, it's just brown grass and in the 40s. It's kind of not what we're used to, but kind of making do with what we have.
0: Y'all have a dome.
1: Yeah, we call it the. I joke with Brandon Herring all the time. It's called the Tundra Dome. So they up in the, up here. All the big schools have like a pressurized dome that gets blown up over the football field, so teams can practice. And you know, we have like people can rent it out. So it's all paid for by taxpayer money and stuff. But yeah, so like after school, I get to do our speed stuff down in the dome for an hour, and then. So yeah, it's pre- it's pretty cool. It's it's a nice little gig. But when there's blizzards up here, kind of have to have something.
0: I mean, I figured that fits the logistics of where you're at, you know, snowing all time, and I lived in Illinois for like eight years, and I've never seen anyone with a dome or an, an inflatable or whatever to cover their football field, so uh, I guess that's kind of new, man. That was kind of, I guess, culture shock for a little yeah, bit. It's, it it
1: It's very convenient, I mean, for all of our sports to continue to do stuff in the winter. You know, we have. Our lacrosse team—they start winter dome like scrimmages, things like that—and so I mean it's full house. There's a baseball camp going down on it right down there today, and so yeah, it's never never a dull moment. And uh, the campus here is always buzzing with people. So
0: I got you, man. So let's go ahead and get the listeners a little bit about you, man. Where I mean, you kind of mentioned that you, um, originally from Michigan or originally from Wisconsin, was it? Yeah, originally from Wisconsin. Okay, and now you reside in Minnesota. Yep. Um, How did you get into strength and conditioning? What, what was your road?
1: So I went to school at Winona State. It's a D two school in southern Minnesota. I like to joke around with my kids; call it the Harvard of the Midwest. Um, so I ha- I don't have any formal exercise science background at all. Um, like I have zero accreditations, and I know. Congrats in past some years. You passed your CSCS. Yes, yes, great work. It's been fun to kind of follow that, follow along for you. And um, but I have my undergrad in special education. Um, that's what I teach full time during the day here. Um, did a master's program, got another uh, master's degree in special ed. Um I used to power lift and just kind of beat a meathead in the weight room and just like the idea of training. And if you were to if I were to look at a program I wrote seven years ago when I started you should fire me, uh, just because it wasn't it wasn't good. And, you know, I think I've come a long way. Um, But then I started interning in college because my friends were doing it. So working with the, the football team and, you know, a bunch of teams that went out the state. Um, I did that, and I thought it was just really cool. I didn't have, like, I wasn't getting paid. There was no curriculum. I would just show up and help. It wasn't anything, you know, structured. I just showed up every day and just kind of got told what to do and lot an interest in it. Um, you know, did that on and off. Uh, I started a club hockey team in college, or kind of resurrected one from the dead, and coached that, uh, and then worked with one of my friend, one of my college roommates, who was actually a science at the time. Um, just kind of picked his brain, learned a lot. He was trying to go the college route, being um, a college strength coach. And then I actually, um, my first year teaching was at a high school in Woodbury, Eastridge High School, um, and I was just working out in the in the weight room after after school, and the uh, Long story short, their basketball coach asked me to start training the basketball team. So essentially, um, Coach all the boys' basketball coach there, pretty much gave me my start. You know, he kind of just said, "Hey, why don't you take take the kids I have um, and train them?" And of that, I learned a ton. You know, it wasn't like a I didn't get thrown to the wolves right away. I had one team, and I just kind of worked with them. It really helped that it was probably most athletic team I've ever worked with. I mean every kid went to play college. There's a couple kids that play pro now. And it's just, it was just really lucky, you know? And then, um, like I watched, I coached there for two years, worked my way up to the head strength coach job there. While teaching teach a special ed. And then, um uh, the basketball coach moved to Minnetonka, took a job in Minnetonka and sat me down. He's like, I want you to come with, played all the pros and cons. Um, and my, my one, I said I needed to have a, a teaching, a special ed teaching job, because um, that's my, like, that's my bread and butter, my pride and joy. It's what I'm most passionate about. Like, I love coaching and all that stuff, but um, my kids are, like, my favorite. So I just, again, pure luck and just happened to have a job open. Um, I teach program-based special ed, so it's, you know, kids with, with more severe, to mild, mild to moderate, severe, profound disabilities. Got a job and then came over here as the assistant with coach Bryce and his basketball staff Um, and then slowly just started picking up teams and then I think I'm on year three or three and a half as a head coach now and so yeah now we have like 24 teams under us yeah so it's been pure luck I mean I, I just been kind of all about who I've met and just kind of avenues that have kind of flourished themselves and I've learned a lot on the fly and I'm sure we can get more into that as we go on but yeah, it's kind of, everything kind of fell in place, and I got super lucky, and so, and I have a ton of great kids here. I have a couple of kids in right now. They just walked in, and they're grabbing the Norma Techs out, and they got a game this afternoon, so,
0: yeah. Awesome job, Coach. Um, I I want to ask this, because I'm a biology teacher currently right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, say, a full-time strength coach. Um, I'm not, you know, uh, in the weight room all day. Um and you're not either, so how does that work out for you um because i i, I kind of understand from my perspective because like I, I i teach a core subject and then you know after school or before school or your planning period, I'm sure you have you go down the weight room and do what what you need to do for your teams so how does how does that look like for you
1: so um when I started out, I got some really good advice from our old football coach here he said. You have your big P and your little P. You have your big paycheck and your little paycheck. A big paycheck is teaching. Teaching comes first. And I can't stress that enough to teachers or people who coach or teach and things like that. And I have, I have two assistants. I run an internship in, the, uh, internship in the summer. And one of the biggest things that I try to tell people is, like, I teach first. I, from 7 to 3, my contract is from 7 to 3. So if I have a team in the morning, I'm out, out of the weight room by 6.55. So I'm in my classroom by 7, ready to go. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't ever, like, do any coaching stuff during the day. Like, I answer an email or something like that, but I don't do any programming during the day because um, teaching is my main focus. Um, so I'll usually I have groups from 6 to 6.55. I'll have a group in, and then after school, right away at 3. Um, my assistants usually get the groups rolling for, for me after school. Um, and then I'm usually here. Our last group ends, about, ends at 6.00. So her days are six to six usually, but you know, it's, yeah, during the school day, it's all, it's all teaching special ed. And I, I truly don't even know if I could even manage it to even work on coaching stuff during the day. Like my, my school day is so much more different than I think what a lot of other people do. Um, again, versus like a content teacher, like, you know, there's, it's just, everyone's different. Like English is different than biology and history and things like that. And so it's just, there I, there won't be any time anyway. So yeah. I just strictly school during the day. Um during planning periods I don't um I don't come up here or anything. So we're across from so there's like a we're detached from high school that we're we're attached to the hockey rink here. Um so our weight rooms on the second floor and then our schools are just across the street here. Um and so yeah, I spend all my time in my classroom and with my squad.
0: Yeah, I have a a big appreciation for special education teachers. Uh you know, being um, a core subject teacher right now and have been for the last four years and um, just seeing what y'all do day in, day out, man. I, I really appreciate y- y'all's line of work, man. I, not everyone can do it. I can personally say that I can't. You know, I you know I, I don't think I have the patience like you or um, other teachers have to do that line of work. Uh, I mean, I barely got patience to, you know, deal with the freshmen in the weight room. Um, you know, much less you know people with you know special needs and stuff like that. Man, that uh, you know, big shout out to you, man. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I I we I joke all the time with our staff, and my kids know if I've had a bad day, they they know, and it sometimes trickles over, and I try not to let it. Um, but on the flip side, I don't think I could teach gen ed. Um, just like the classroom management skills, I think are different from a coaching perspective versus being in a classroom and. I don't know. I, I we we were just talking about earlier this week about like what would you teach? And then I was like, I don't know if I could teach in a general classroom and and be who I am and get the same result. I don't know. I don't think my classroom management style would be very, very good with general ed students where um I have a lot of patience during the school day, but the second the bell rings, like in real life I have minimal patience. <laughs> my my wife can attest to that when we joke about it. But I yeah, well thinking I appreciate. It.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're talking about different classroom management skills for, you know, gen ed and whatnot. I mean, yeah, uh, my classroom management skills are a lot different in the weight room than they are in the classroom. Definitely got a lot more, um, I think I got a lot more patience in the classroom just because, um, I don't know if it's the professionalism. I don't know if it's just the kids that I'm working with at the time or whatnot. But as soon as, you know, that wait we go in the weight room or we go in that facility, I don't know. It there's a there's a switch that flips and it's like, alright, I don't I don't have patience to for, you know, the immaturity or the grab ass or anything like that, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just me or it's just the way that, you know, most people are, but it's what it is.
1: Yep, that's where I had to get on a few of my like kids I've trained for five years, like that I'm probably the closest with. I have a ten minute window on my day where I get to I leave my classroom, I come up here, I have 10 minutes to get everything, like, shut down from teaching, come over to coaching, and they were all in here goofing around, screaming, and I was trying to talk to my assistant, and, like, say, hey, here's our warm today, just want to make sure we're good, we just got to get this stuff all, get the racks all set up, and they were just and hollering, like, they're, they're being kids, they're having fun, but I was like, all right, and, like, and it was when I was I'm, like, guys, like, give me 10 minutes, like, I, I just need to flip my switch. To go from teaching to coaching because i think you kind of touched on that point of like my expectations in the classroom i mean they're, they're similar to what i have in like in, in our in our weight room and training but like i'm working with kids who are cognitively going to be 12 months old to cognitively third grade maybe like on the high end versus you know a division one kid gonna come in here like hey your expectations are a little different here and so just having to be able to flip that i think is it's a good balance, though. I think you can probably speak to that from being in a classroom all day to then going to coach. It's a nice, it complements it well, um, which I don't, I don't know if I could just go home every day after school and, like, my wife would love it. I'd be home at 3.15, but I don't know what I would do for <laughs> those those three hours where I wouldn't, you know, be coaching and stuff. So, yeah.
0: I know, man. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if, if, you know, I, I got to go home at, like, 2 30 or 3 o'clock and it's like I, I, I don't know i would just sit there and be bored and i I was doing this over break as well man like last couple of weeks i've just been bored uh, i thought it'd be nice to you know get away and it, it has been I'll, I'll tell you that it's been nice to get away from the kids but on the opposite of it i'm bored man i don't know what to do i'll sit there i've i think i messed with photoshop and graphic design yeah, so I, I done, slick, yeah. i've done like google sheet stuff i've been sitting there like bored out of my mind i played fortnite for a little bit like just sitting there like i don't know what to do myself and you know kind of going back to the point of like yeah i, I bet it'd be nice to be at home at three o'clock you know three fifteen, whatever but i'm just gonna be sitting there bored i find something to yeah. do so i guess training will be that thing
1: yeah i think it's i know we were like just everyone kind of you know, we follow each other on Twitter and stuff. And I, I learned so much from Twitter. That's a whole, I pull up so many things, kids, be like, where'd you get that from? I'm like, oh, Twitter. Like, everyone on Twitter is way smarter than me. Like, I just, I just steal stuff from everybody else and like, uh, we implement it to our program. Um, but one of the hot takes, I can call Derek out for this because we're buddies, but there's like, tweet about like, oh, like, open your weight room over break. Like, some people open their weight room over break. Some people don't. I don't care if you do. I open it just for kids if they want to come train. I'll be here anyways working out. And it's going to be an hour and a half of my day where, you know, I, one of the big things I learned back in the day, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Joe Ken. But he said, like, be the best part of someone's day. And that's kind of how I'm trying to like, my philosophy, like, teaching and coaching is, like, I want to be the best part. I want my kids to come to school. And I, want, I want them to hate leaving school. I want them to love being at school. Same thing with my athletes. And so if I can create that, um, that atmosphere where kids want to come in here, like, our, our alumni are back. Like, I welcome everybody back here. And so, like, I mean, I'm here. So, like, my kids will text me. I have some hockey kids out here. And now they text me, hey, can I come in, you know, pregame? Absolutely, I'll be here. I was like, hey, just don't come to my office. I'm going to be on a a podcast. And so they all come in. They're all giggling and smiling. And, you know, and my wife's working. So what else, I mean, what else can I do is sit home and play video games. I might as well, you know, get some programming done. And I was talking with my assistant. He's going into, uh the military at the end of the summer and so we're talking programming just so it's i don't know it's productive but it's i'm not sitting at home being bored in a one-bedroom apartment i'm actually trying to get some stuff done and so
0: yeah yeah man i mean at least you're being productive with that time and um I- i'll be honest with you i ain't even thought about teaching stuff or i thought about a little bit of programming i got some stuff already laid out but You know, as far as like teaching biology, I'll be honest with you, I haven't even even thought twice about it. You know, that stuff is so boring some days. And I get the kids being bored too, just because, you know, you're there for eight hours, you're sitting down 90% of the day. I mean, I get that they're bored and they need somewhat of a break. Um, But yeah. All right, let's start flipping gears here a little bit. (sighs) So, um, talk to us about how you run your weight room, right? So how's that flow go? Um, how do you program everything else in between, man?
1: Wait, so yeah, I kind of start with, I have a bunch of stuff on my computer. So like on a normal week, we have, winners our busiest season. We have this, this is the most in-season teams we have. And again, it's a credit to the coaches. Like, again, not, like, it's, it's all based off of the coaches trusting us, the results that we deliver to these kids, uh, and then the relationships of it. So, a normal week in our room, uh, we start Monday morning with our boys swim and dive team. Um, so, our, our boys, uh, boys and girls swim coach, Coach JB, loves loves our Tonka Strong program. Reps the Tonka Strong flag in the, in the pool, and the kids love it. I mean, I have his girls in the fall, Monday, Wednesdays in the morning, boys. Um, then we have basketball after school. So every every group that's in the room in the winter, right away. So boys has about 60 kids. And then after school, we'll get about, we can max at 72, uh, four kids per rack. So we have our ninth grade boys team, ninth grade girls team, JV boys, JV girls, varsity boys, varsity girls. Uh, and then mix in some JV hockey. Uh, JV's like our second level team, not uh, varsity. I don't know what you guys call it. but um, And then... We have our off-season. So we have two off-season groups. So we have a winter off-season, uh, which is my our non-football players. um, And then we have a football off-season group, which is our football team, nine through 11. So most of the seniors don't come and train. They come train a different group. And then usually we cap our night with gymnastics or dance uh, later, about 5.30 to 6. And so, yeah, I mean, in-season, we lift twice a week. Um, Our girls' hockey comes in three. That third session is usually like a mobility day. um. And it's the day they like best, which kind of surprises me, you know. Um, we do a lot of, like, mobility flow, just yoga, breathing, just adding more tools to their toolbox. I want our kids to leave here and go, if they, I mean, if they go to Lifetime or Planet Fitness, Lifetime right, Fitness, like, after high school, I want them to know what they're doing and have a good grasp of what to do and how to do things right. Um, and then if, by chance, the kid just gets to play college athletics, I want them to go into a program like, oh, you came from Antioch High School, you probably have a pretty good base and base knowledge of what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of the extra things we do are just adding the kids' toolboxes. You know, like this week we've brought kids in um, twice so far this week and we'll go one more tomorrow. And a lot of it's just like they get to pick their program and so they'll build it themselves and we'll we'll talk about my assistant or myself and we'll kind of help them create something that they like to do movements they like to do and so then we'll kind of prescribe some rep ranges things like that um but that's more a lot with our older kids Mm -hmm. and not so much our younger kids um in season like i'll kind of stick with in season for a little bit um programming has been i get a lot from pat basil like that dude, I cannot wait to meet that guy in person because I owe him so much gratitude because he's helped me a ton with no background exercise science. I feel, you know, I see some guys and I'm like, wow, like that's super complex. But also, does that fit a room of 70 kids for three hours straight back to back to back to back? And so um uh if you ever get a look at his in season programming, that's how I kind of guide it. It's very simple. Um some of our older kids, like our girls' basketball team, I've had for five years, so it's a little more complex as to what some of other teams look like. Um, but it's just, you know, we're in and out 30 minutes. We, we warm up. We sprint. Um, we're a big sprint program. We're not like a – I wouldn't call us a feed the cats program, like Tony Holler. Um, but, like, we have, like, like, we're the skippers, and I don't have a fun name, but, like, feed the skippers because every kid in our program sprints. Um, i don't care who you are you sprint our summer sprint our dance team sprints everybody sprints um because our one goal is to just make everyone more athletic and what's one of the better ways to do that sprinting um and i think that's just been super huge for us i think and our kids love it our kids thrive off of like we do fly fridays so tomorrow we, we always fly on fridays Again, is it probably the most ideal to sprint on a Friday after two training sessions? No, but our kids look forward to it. It gets them in the room on a Friday versus leaving early to the cabin or being away. And so, um, yeah, in-season, very, very simple. I bet it looks very similar to what a lot of other teams are doing. Um, And I I can break that down more if we want to get into that. But In our off-season, we have two groups as part of our off-season. So, like, in our winter off-season, we have an advanced group and, like, a developmental group developmental group is a lot of kids ninth graders um or kids who aren't athletes um so we do have a handful of kids who aren't athletes that come and train with us and they kind of go through the basic the basic movement progressions um what that program looks like a lot of it is excuse me is drive from i think it's zach deshawn i say his last name i'm not sure he's a tcu strength coach he wrote a book called movement over maxes um and so i derived a lot of it from that. Um, I've tried toying around with the one by 20 method, but haven't fully um, gotten to that. There's a guy up here who I'm buddies with who runs that. And um, they've had great results. And again, every program is different, but we have two groups, uh, a developmental group and an advanced group. Um, the audio accessories, everything's, if you look at the programs are very similar, just a little bit more advanced. Like, cause in our room, we have a turf strip down the middle. It's 30 yards by 10 yards. It is the most value piece of, equipment we have in our room people ask like what's the most important thing in your room is it our turf we warm up 70 kids in it in five minutes it's it's perfect for us and we have eight racks on one side ten racks on the other um, some dumbbells and our stuff on the other side all of our advanced kids are on one side development groups on the other side um and the programming has to flow the room again this comes a lot from what pat basil talks about if you follow him on twitter he just throws nuggets out every day um, I'm on his newsletter, so every day I drive to school, I get the email from him, um, and I get to have a nice little read in the morning. And um, the off season, we train three times a week. Um, we sprint two of those three, um, and then our third day is usually games or a day in there is like a game change direction. A really, I a lot of games. If you look at our like our program, you just come observe for a day. It's a lot of like, it looks like it's a lot of goofing around and sometimes it drives me nuts, but it's a lot of free play and a lot of autonomy for the kids. Um, uh, Austin Yocum is his name, he's on Twitter, he's an Instagram guy as well. Um, he's local here, he's just in like uh, 20 minutes from me. Um, but he does things, he's very creative outside of the box, you know, kind of outspoken guy, but there's so many good nuggets. In, in things in his training that I pulled out. And again, everything I find, a lot of it's just from other coaches or talking with my staff. Um, and how can we cater it to 70 kids at once? Um, And so, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. We, I mean, like, how much we want to get into, right? Like, it's, uh, <laughs> there's a pl- plenty of things that you can dive down into, but that's kind of like a weekly structure. I mean, we have, we're full from, three o'clock to six o'clock with the full room and you know it's everything is very similar but with speech modifications based on the athlete's ability and level um and I do let some of my older kids have a little bit more autonomy um and I'll give them the option of what they kind of want to do like it's, it's it's there it's structured but like when we talk about programming I'm like hey what do you guys think about this so like in a week like this, I'll throw some new movements in, or, like Christmas break or like spring break, open room, whatever, and we'll try some things that I've seen on Twitter or I've tried myself or my assistant brings up to me, and we'll ask the kids like, what do they, th- what do you think? And you know, and this is, this is more high level. Kids that are they're gonna go play Division One somewhere, play college sports whatever it is, and kids who are really bought in and have a purpose, not just showing up for just to, oh my mom's making me type deal. Um, but yeah. It's kind of like our overview, I guess. We probably have in the winter. I probably four hundred kids come through our room. Oh, oh, like not in a day, but I mean, on our busiest days, we probably have in season kids, probably three hundred, and our off season maybe about four fifty. So it's busy. It's a blast. I couldn't do it without my assistants. Um, I have two assistants, and they're both paid, and so yeah.
0: Awesome man. It sounds like you have a really good uh situation and system at mm-hmm. uh your school currently. Um you're talking about the 1 by 20 program. Uh, I I'm, I'm always a big advocate of the 1 by 20 program. I ran it with our freshman football group just to see what it'll do. I I'm a believer in it. Um I'm in a group text with like two or three other strength coaches and we all I think at one point all of us were running 1 by 20. Um just and just programming just here and there. stowing now it's like, oh, this is what I did today. And try to go through it. It's all like that. I'm a big component of the one by 20 um, program. But, of course, it's... Sorry. It is principles that's you know, that dictate everything. It's not um, method. You know, principles always kind of... Are always kind of the, the underlying factor mm-hmm. in our training and everything like that, man. Um, But you mentioned a couple of sports that I've really got intrigued when you mentioned them: swimming and diving.
1: Yeah, our swim and dives—they're cold. They're really good. There's a there's a school that is right next to us. You know, know that they always beat us, but their coach is huge on just building better athletes. You know, and I think with swimming, I think this is a group where I've had swimming probably. I've been with them for like three years now, and. Again, it's, I, I talk about there's a Farmington power on social media. It's, it's Scott Meyer. He's out of Farmington. Um, he has this thing, he calls this the web of strength. Like he has a barbell or like a plate um, and has all these lines that intersect, right? Each team is one line. So one segment of the line and they all cross paths. So if you get all these teams to train, you know, all the teams benefit. You know, if you get a kid who, what's really helped me is I'll get a kid who, you know, uh, a lot of kids who do like cross country also do ski, like Nordic ski, things like that. So, like, I'll get a kid who comes in for cross country, but they learn they're in season with me. So, they come, I have to come train and then they want to come train during ski season. So, then I get them for another season. So, that's essentially six months out of the school year that I've had this student or this athlete. And so, the more and more kids I can get, it creates that web and the web stronger and just makes everyone better. But kind of going back to swimming um yeah we they're just we sprint them you know they're they're it's early in the morning so sometimes it's kind of hard to get them going but the, the swim like culture is so different than any other sport like they just work and it's one of the coolest things is like it, it is it is surprising because like i feel like you can like the eye test for a lot of kids like you'll see like a football prime example like an eye test you see a dude he's pretty built cut up you know like they go like he's a pretty good pretty good athlete swimming you cannot tell if i if i walked in the room with a team a group of swimmers i could not pick up the best swimmer i guarantee it um because each everyone's so different in swimming and it's it's super cool uh our boys are actually up up north on a that is, we meet right now and They get to come back and train tomorrow, and they're always super excited to come in and train. And um, programming for them is, again, very similar to what our in-season structure is, but a lot of it's teaching. Because I want to give – if I only get this kid for, you know, three months, what can I do to help this kid get better for their future as well, especially the younger kids? You know, how can I set them up for success? I might – I don't chase results. It's against a long-term development. Um, we time them and everything and like it's always just competitive we play games Um, yeah nothing I mean it's a lot of things like I'll switch up just to cater to kind of like jumping out of the blocks and you know we emphasize a lot more on horizontal power Um, that's one thing I've this is kind of just a broad not suggestion but like a comment is I've taken a lot of lot less emphasis on vertical power and done more like double down on horizontal power um, just to see if that impacts our speed because um, we get a lot of vertical jumping elsewhere in our programming that, so it's a spend I've been working on and I have absolutely zero evidence outside of our program to support my claim at all, but it's just something we've been kind of working on. Um, yeah. Swimming is, there's just so many fun things to talk about with them and how to program things and, like I ask a lot of kids questions, like, hey, like what does it look like when you jump out of the blocks? Like are their coach sends me a lot of videos of like jumping out of the blocks, the kicking, and how like the body works and like what can we train, what can I help to make sure that they're healthy all season, but also not doing too much to where they're fatigued so much they can't swim and it's just I think there's the amount of energy a kid, a swimmer uses at practice is absurd. Like, I was talking to one of our boys yesterday, and he loses six pounds on practice. He was like, Coach, I lost six pounds yesterday. I was like, what? He's like, I weighed myself before and after. And I was like, wow. And so then I was like, "Hey," Then we start talking about, like, oh, how many calories do you eat? And, like, just going into details with him about that, like, it's it's just very intriguing. And then when you can talk to the kids about that, I think you get a little more buy-in and understanding of it. Um Cause like, I love when my kids ask me questions, like, why? I gonna try to explain why, what, why do we do what we do? It's not just there to take up time, um, but the purpose behind all of it. Um And so like one of the kids was like, we bench and I'm not a huge, like we don't bench a ton in our programs. But my kids think it's hilarious to ask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what, how about we'll do this? And then you know, I want you to do this and then you guys, you guys can bench it. I'm like, okay, cool. And so it's just like some, Just kind of give a little
0: bit to get a little bit, and so, yeah. Awesome, man. The one time, I have really seen a (coughs) high school have, like, a swimming team, bless you, uh, or anything like that, man, was when I was in high school, we had a swimming team, and I think, because this is, like, five people, and we went to, like, a local pool or whatever, and then they trained and did whatever. But you're right. uh, The amount of calories and the amount of energy those athletes – just pour out in their practice it's insane. I just remember going to a local pool or whatever go side to side. I think when I was in college we had like a pool workout it was supposed to be like low intensity and then ended up not being low intensity um like we had to tread water you know things like that I will just and I remember my stomach and my abs just sitting there just kind of cramping I'm like man that, you know this sucks so I yeah. could imagine you know competing and swimming and just the yeah, just sheer amount of demands that, that that sport needs.
1: And I think, and then we always get a discussion on like how it always kind of funnels to how can we best? I think I think nutrition is the our the thing our kids are definitely the worst at is not fueling property properly, and because like they'll talk about okay hey, you lost six seven pounds, okay you gotta drink that much more water, plus do you think how many calories you burned, and like it's like what did you eat today, and they're like why didn't have breakfast? And I'm like, dude, like you're going to go lift and then you're going to go to a two hour swim practice. And like, this, this, and this isn't like a, like our, our swim team, like they're like, like I go to their, I've been to one of their practices. It is nuts. Like their coaches dialed in. They got them hooked up to these resistance things and they're swimming against and pulling up a pulley. And I was like, it's like learning about other, like how teams program. Like our cross country coach, I was like, how do you program running like volume? Like your intensities, your days, because I think you know we get we get that like we know how to do it from like a certain conditioning side. But I'm like, the sports side of things, like how do you manage stress up to you know competition? And I think you'll there was a big um, on Twitter about like sprint based football. There's a there's a team in Wisconsin here who does it really or, Minnesota, excuse me, who does it really really well, and they are they want to stay title this year, and they just do the simple things right. So I think you know. I think sometimes I, I get a little too caught up in, like, ooh, something flashy or, like, this will look cool or, like, but all it is is consistency when it comes down to it. I had a kid come in yesterday. Um, he has wisdom teeth out today, so he just shot me a text and hey, can I come in and train? I'm like, sure, like, I'm going to be working. You can put your headphones in. You know, I'll help you as needed, da-da-da. And this is a kid who just, just shown up three to four times for the last five years. And, you know, some days, there's plenty of days where he didn't want to show up. I can guarantee that. But, like, looking, I was looking at my camera. Well, I found a picture from eighth grade to now. I mean, just so much difference. But all it is is consistency. You don't need he doesn't go do a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of other trainers or coaches, things like that. He just shows up consistently, consistently and works. And I know we can't. I don't know, but it's, I guess suffer yourself if I keep talking. down this just way, but I get a little upset. But like he just like he's just invested in what we do, and he's gonna go play divisional baseball. You know, and, like again, it, there's just so many life lessons to learn along that way of like getting up early, coming. It's just so many life lessons along the way. Even if you are gonna go play college sports, like you just show up, work every single day. Like something good is gonna come out
0: of it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I try to tell our kids all the time that you know. Not every day is gonna be good, but there's some good in every day, right? You showing up today, you are ten times better than what you were yesterday. And you know, I—I I mean, you've probably experienced it as much as I have. There's some days I don't want to go to work. You know, there's some days I—I I have dreaded. I had dragged myself out of bed. You know, put my butt in the shower and drive to, you know, go to work and everything like that. And I think kids need that kind of lesson of, you know. There's not every day in the weight room. It's going to be everyone's favorite, and the weight room is not everyone's favorite. But there is some of the jobs that we have to work to, you know, provide for whatever reason as an adult as well. So I guess establishing that kind of—I don't want to say attribute, but like a mentality almost—of you know this sucks. I don't want to do this, but I need to. Um, it's a big part. It's going to be a big part of life. So I'm 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 a big advocate of instilling life lessons into our, our, uh, our kids. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's anytime our kids leave our program, we want them to leave better than when they came in. Even if it's just that day, like, you never like. I can't think about my own training. Like, I'm 30 years old now, and like getting to train, I'm like, uh oh, man. But like, I don't, I don't want to train, but I get to, and just, like, just flipping that mindset, and like, telling kids, like. I will make it as fun as possible and make it an experience for you to be a part of our program because I know every day is not going to be like, woo, let's go see coach moon. Let's go train. Like not every day is going to be like that. I would love that. If our kids came in every single day, woo, let's go, let's go. Like they're fully recovered every day, but you know, not all that's going to happen. Life's going to, life's going to happen. And you're going to, you know, you're going to be up all night studying. Right. And like, I'll be the first to be like, Hey coach, I got a test the i got to study for my kid. Go do it. If, if you're worried, I'm not going to argue with someone. I would love for you to come after school, train with me in our program, take a break. But if you think you need to go study, go do it then. I'm not going to be the one that says, Oh no, you can't go study. I'm not going to tell you that. And so again, I want it to be like an experience. Like we buy, we have a good healthy budget here because all of our money stays internal. So kids pay a fee to use the room in the off season. And that just kind of helps pay our siphons and stuff for the room. And, and the kid's like oh you guys always get stuff i'm like i want to be an experience for you i want this to be something that you're proud of to go to you're excited to go to um we might not use everything that we have but again it's a it's accessible to our kids and it hopefully we'll get them a long day at school we'll get you moving we'll play some games we'll sprint we'll train we'll jam out um like you come up here on a school day it's a party like it is bumping like we will. Beautiful sound system and you just get a bump it in here. Everyone's working and it's having fun. You know, we're laughing, we're having a good time, and it's again like if a kid just shows up and you know sometimes if they're not feeling the greatest, but they're here, they made it. And that and that's just that's one thing. If you made it here, and so now if I can get you to work, it's gonna be great.
0: Awesome coach. Um switching gears here, I don't know. My my brain works differently. You're I just, can't, they're just random thoughts that kind of pop up every now and again. I guess it's the, I guess it's the ADD kicking in anyways. um, um, year one at your school. Would you say that would probably be your most difficult year and still a the strength program and trying to, you know, get other athletes and teams on board and everything like that?
1: Definitely was, I was the assistant. And so the guy here before is a great mentor and just a great like I couldn't have asked for a better person to kind of start under uh, coach reader. He's down in Nashville now at a, a school. Um, but we had completely different training philosophies. And so when I got here, I was like, well, oh, I do it this way. And so then for, for me to step back, like, I, I'm really glad I didn't come in as head coach. I, I don't think I would have had as smooth as a transition um, just because focusing, I focused on one team and that was boys basketball. And I trained them. Like I was an assistant in the room, but when it came time to train boys basketball, I would lead. I would do the programming, but it gave me one group to focus on versus a bazillion other ones like I do now, you know. And so once that started, I didn't have the pressure of my assistant always kind of picks on me because like there's a lot. There's times where like I I I can't go on the floor because I'll be working in here like answering emails on a call or something like that, and like that's what a head coach has to deal with there's so many of like like in the job description like and other duties assigned like i we joke with all the time like oh i gotta go do this or this or like something leaks in the weight room like i'm the one that has to go do that and so not having that pressure right away allowed me to you know focus on the kids that i had 20 20 guys i had and for them to you know for me to test the waters and really see what we could do in season and off season and and then create this level of buy-in from a one team level to then getting other coaches to reach out okay hey we want to get this team in boom okay put this team in boom and when i first got here i think a lot of like like i'm a big I got a big data guy too i know you you're a you're a wizard with the sheets and so i i appreciate the things you guys share because then I sit here and I'm, like, trying to type in Google Sheets. I'm like, what's this formula? And I have all my bookmarks and I go back to what you guys posted. Um, but the data has been huge for me. And collecting data and showing coaches, here are our results. Do what you want with them. But letting you know, like, you're trusting me with your X amount of athletes. Like, Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And here are the results of what we started eight months ago to now. And just to like, again, I I can get more in detail because I do a lot of data and I really think that helps with coaches, but then the kids see it, then you create buy-in, you know, posting on social media, things like that. Like we just, uh, I just kind of pushed all my stuff off of my personal socials and put it on like a school, uh, not school affiliated, but like a pocket strong Instagram and trying to highlight our program, you know, like the cool things we're doing or how we're, we're proud of our kids, things like that and just kind of back a little bit when i got here it was like football was kind of like the main team that trained and our numbers were you know we had football and that was kind of it When i took over i kind of made a like a promise to myself because i met with our girls basketball coach at the time and she's like hey we want to get more female athletes in like i want you to train my daughter who was on the team at the time and i was like huh I, i never crossed my mind to how like there are we have, I, I don't know the exact data, but I swear we have more female athletes in our high school than males. And so I was like, well, I want, I need to, my main goal is to get more female athletes or female students in the room to train. Whether that's in team setting off season, whatever it is, I want to get more in, you know, even if it's just for an in season. And then unfortunately I wouldn't even see them for another eight months, but at least get them in in season to show them how to do things correctly. And then it kind of just like slowly started getting more teams. Um, our head coach resigned and moved. Um, and then we're kind of like in a lull. Like I was kind of doing it all and I kind of left our AD and I was like, Hey man, like I love, I love working here. I love what I do, but like, what's the next step for this head coach? He's like, all right, it's all yours. And I was like, and so it kind of got just dropped right into it. And then you work on scheduling and, you know, things like that. But that all comes, it doesn't come naturally. You have to go and work for it. It's not that like teams to be like, Hey, we're gonna come in. A like you have to like reach out to coaches. So I feel like a, kind of like a like a salesman at times, trying to call coaches and text them and like, hey, we'd love to get you get the girls in, get the boys in. Um, and we've slowly added teams over, you know, the last three years. I think I first started my first year had like ten between all three seasons. Um, and then now we're up to like twenty some, and so. <laughs> um, but it's just a fun. Like, I probably coach more female athletes during the day now than I do male athletes, which I think is super cool, you know, and just to promote our brand and to give these girls something to be proud of. And just, I think they have so much more, like, you get, a, you can get a, a strong, like, from the weight room, like, you can build a strong female athlete, just consistent work. And, like, I think there's, they, they surprise themselves more than I think the boys do. And so.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree, man. Uh, that's one thing at this new spot that I, I wish I did. I wish I started small and then gradually built. Uh I kinda walked in and I was like, All right, I'm guns blazing, I'm ready to take on, you know, hell with a war gun, everything else in between and um you know I've had some success, but at the same time, you know, there's some things I just I didn't realize and then lay flat my face and like uh I'll I'll remember that for later. But, um, you're talking about your female athletes, and you know sometimes they even shock themselves, man. um I worked with our volleyball and softball girls for about six, seven, eight weeks maybe um and i, I think a few of them were a little skeptical of who I was and mm-hmm. what I was- you know what we we're trying to do, and um our head coach because she uh she's the head coach for both softball and volleyball, so she had all those girls kind of come in and you know, learn the weight room. I had to stay after school and, you know, learn, you know, teach them about like certain movements. And I've gotten so used to with football and baseball and basketball and just guys in general that I didn't realize that, you know, not everyone can squat 225, 315, 405, you know, um, and we had to start basically from scratch. And I'll be honest with you, man, that made me such a better coach, you know, working with those girls. And, Uh, By the end of it, I mean they were pulling two twenty five plus for deadlifts, and you know really good metrics along the way. But I told them as well as like not every high school does this. Like understand that not every high like it's almost a sin if a uh, female athlete comes our weight room or goes in their weight room and whatnot because that's the football's weight room. And I understand that football is you know I guess the primary force between strength conditioning and what really you know kind of pushes along that that's a, a priority but at the same time like i guess i, I just telling them is like look not everyone does this you, you have a much higher leg up in the game in in your athletic performance than a lot of other high school girls actually do and have access to
1: yeah i think that's one of the biggest things i've like focus on is learning more about the female athlete and just listening to what a lot of. Like female coaches, female strength coaches have to say, even just like coaching and like just the way we talk to female athletes versus male athletes, you know, I I find a female athletes are way smarter than male athletes in a high school setting, way smarter. They're better hingers, which I'm like, I can spend a long time trying to teach a kid how to hinge. You get a girl, a female athlete in here and it is boom. And I'm like, what? How? And so then the thing of like how do you understand it? And again, it could be a maturity thing, you know, the brain's not developed, but you can whatever path it is, you take it and you can believe in it, whatever it is. But I feel like you can do way more technical things with a female athlete at an earlier age because they're more developed than what I could probably do with a male athlete. You know, I think there's pickup on things faster. Um and I think <laughs> way more direct. And I don't know if that's just like the the kids I have here or but like, if they don't get something, they're not gonna be like, just doing a and they're not gonna do it wrong. They're gonna be like, "Hey, coach, come help me here," and like, tell me how I'm doing. How I'm doing this right, and you know, and there's certain things where I think, like, I think boys sometimes strain too much or they're doing too much weight. I think this is kind of a common thing where girls sometimes might not do enough weight, um, and then like, so trying to emphasize that. Like, like I love when a a female athlete hits a hits a chin up or a pull up. For the first time. And they'll whip their head around and look at me and I'm like, let's go. And like sometimes I think they could they could have done it even before me coaching them up. But then just to have the confidence to do it, I think is huge. And so yeah, I just have all my teams pulled up. I think I have more girls' teams I train than boys. But like it's I mean you you just TJP miles age is just a frickin' hoot and a half. And some of the out of pocket things they say and just the they're
0: fun. It's a, it's a blast. It is a blast, man. And I kind of realized that now. Um, I've only trained one female team before I got here, and that was a softball team. I trained them for like nine weeks before school ended. and They just wanted training done, you know, before they left um, for summer and stuff like that. So that was kind of only real experience. Now here, I got in cheer. I got in softball, volleyball. I had girls basketball for a little bit. Had girls soccer for a little bit. And it's fun, man. Um, I I get flashbacks to, like, football training all the time because, you know, they'll start to strain a little bit or strain more than what they have. And they kind of realize they're kind of getting stronger. And I always flip back to football mode and be like, get up! Or, you know, just something like that, man. You know, it kind of scares them, I think, from time to time. Some of them like it. Some of them don't. Um, I kind of realize that I got to watch my tone of Uh, how I present things because if I explode on let's say he said female she probably shut down right then and there and then nothing's productive never
1: never never show back up again
0: right and you know with football guys I mean football and and just not football but football baseball some of those guys you know I can I can flip a switch on them and you know just start going to town and I mean I guess that's kind of the normative for them and that's something they're used to Mm -hmm. um but what I do with my girls, I, I kind of got to watch that tone of like, I don't, I, I'm not directing at them, but I'm, I can't, I can't be that aggressive as well with them as well. But they'll listen. I mean, shoot, they'll listen. They'll do everything in their power to make sure they they're doing things right. It's just that tone, I guess. I, I just can't release it um, like I've been naturally doing.
1: I think, too, one of the biggest things I've noticed is not being. Like, being in the school all day with my kids, I get to see these kids, as for boys and girls in general, all day. I get to see them in the halls. You know, that's, like, I'm really big on inclusion, so, like, like my kids, we're always out in the hallways, we're doing deliveries, we're saying hi to everybody, you know, like, kids will come in, like, they use my microwave and put stuff in my fridge, and come, kids will come get snacks from my room, whatever. But they'll come in, and they'll high-five the kids, they'll say hi, and it gives... It gives them a better look at me as an individual because, like, when I'm in, like, when I'm in school, I'm the softest, like, I'm a big teddy bear. Like, I have a beard, tattoos, and a mullet, but when they see me, like, like I have a little girl who's, shoot, she's probably nine, five feet tall. Walk down the hallway with her, looks a little bit different than me being you know, up here coaching with 70 football guys, you know, and I have to be able to. Them seeing that, I think, gives them a better look at me. You know, he's like, not just the, you know, sometimes I can be a bear in here, but they get to see both sides of me, and so I think that helps a little bit. But then also allows me to connect with those kids who I won't normally connect with. You know, seeing athletes in school, checking in with them, um, just questions like, oh, coach, I did this at practice, my knee, okay? It gives me a little idea. I got it in my back of my head so when they come up and train later, I have something in place for them or just things like that. Um, and just kind of veering off of this, but, like, just promoting the inclusion piece, it's really helped our, I think, our school in general. We have a lot of, we we have, like, unified classes, so it's half kids with special needs and half gen ed kids. Um, I mean, we have two starters on our basketball team who, I mean, and and a lot of the kids in this unified class are really good athletes, and so, you know, they're, they're the ones that are featured in the announcements and stuff, but they also connect with, with my kids, and so they'll come in and visit. They'll say hi. Like my kids will go to their games. Like my kids are on all the pass list for all the games here, and like it just creates a better sense of community. And that's what we're trying to promote. You know, it's that's one thing we I talk about. Like everyone here has the right to train. Whether you're whether you're just love to play your sport for fun, you don't play sports, or you're a college athlete somewhere down the road. Like everyone in our program trains. It's always doors always open, you know. Parents will come in and like, oh, so and so, my son or daughter has Asperger's. I Had a parent come in last year, and I was like, well, lucky for you, I teach special ed. And so, like, you know, there's just it just I think a lot of what has helped me be a better coach is from teaching and all the things I can do during a school day to connect everybody, whether it's you know staff, my students, and the gen ed kids, and whatever it is. I just want to promote the, the peace of community. Because then it comes into, you know, then I can go to show up to some of these kids' games and they love it. Like I, I, I don't, I try to, pl- I can't. You can't play favorites when there's twenty some teams. Because if I go to some, if I go to a bunch more tennis matches than I do track meets, the kids notice, and I think that's something that I just kind of learned last year is like I have to treat all, treat all, treat all my kids the same, same expectation. You know, the same opportunities for every kid. I, I give every kid the opportunity, like we do a pregame, like some teams come in here pregame and warm up. Some kids don't like to do that, and that's okay. But I want to give them an opportunity just like every other team does. And so sorry, I went on a little tangent there, but that's kind of one big piece of our program.
0: No, you're absolutely right, because there's a sense of community with your school and, you know, how you establish that with our, your strength program is, is pretty viable because, you know, part of, if not most of high school athletics is you're sharing athletes all day. I mean, we got a football kid that plays basketball, and then he when he's done with basketball, he goes to run track or he plays baseball or, you know, whatever. So you're going to have that sense of community anyways. Um, but it's awesome that, you know, you, you kind of have your image as a teacher, as a special ed teacher, because they get to see you not as, a strength coach, or not you as a, a you know, weight room guy, or whatever you know, they see it's like he's really you know doing something impactful, um, you know, with special education. And I, I agree with it it brings another light, you know, it's different for me because when I teach biology, they just see a biology teacher that does you know, weightlifting on the side, um, that you know sometimes gets them strong and sometimes makes them fast, but like. You know, it. You're right. There's a sense of community that kids in the school needs. Um, but for them to, you know, just go to you, just you know, passing by or anything like that. I mean, that, big shout out to you for that. That you know, that's not often that comes by. A lot of athletes right now, I, th- I think they're like too cool to call. You know, to go uh, talk to coach or whatever, or whatever the reason is. I mean, I understand I was a teenager at one point. Now, as a adult, I still i I don't understand it, but you know it is what it is.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's one where I was, We have like coaching cohorts, so each like like all the head coaches here have like cohorts, and we talk every once in a while. And like one of the biggest, this is kind of like working in the whole school and culture is like from a and again, maybe this is my position at this school at this school, but like think of who works with the most kids in the entire school on a, a daily or weekly basis it's probably a coach of some, some aspect, you know, for me right now, I get to work with two, 10 different teams right now, just in the winter plus off season. Plus I get to see them in school. Plus I have my students. And like, I think just the role as a coach is so impactful to people who teach and coach. It's very hard to do both. Well, And it's a daily thing of like, all right, like you have to, you got to be on your game if you want to balance both. If you want to be good at both your jobs and to give the max amount of, make the maximum of impact, you have to be really on your job. But I think like the most, what I've seen from like what's super cool as a strength coach, too, is like you get different cultures. You get to see how every single team's culture works. and you have your own, but how does that impact the kids? Okay. So say like this X team here their culture is fantastic, right? You know, just they their kids are great, you know, but then you have a team that might might not have the greatest culture. What is that coach doing? You're the out, you're the, you're the bystander. So you can take what you see in that program and it in the weight room to this team to ultimately help them hopefully a little bit as well. And you can really get into it and start talking with their coach about what goes on. And I think from, I don't really have a, like, if I see something, like, our football coach I have a great relationship. And if I see something as a bystander, I'll, I'll say something to him. Again, if he takes it, great. If he doesn't, I just did my part to say, hey, I've noticed this. Because I would want someone, like, I'll have sport coaches up here every once in a while, but they'll come in and say, oh, like, does this look right? Like, they come in and help me, too. And so having that mutual understanding between all the coaches working together could be, is such a huge impact on a school. And I think I just saw this thing on Twitter yesterday about like like uh, a program that's kind of down in the dumps has been, hasn't been great for a long time. And someone new comes in, like, people are like, oh, like, what could you do? And I was kind of reading down the comments and stuff. And I got, I got thinking and I was like, run these ideas past my wife. I'm like, what do you think about this? And like, I think just that sense of community and like, hey, like reaching out for help, I think is super cool. Cause then I mean, there's, I and mean, there's coaches I don't talk to here that I just, they just don't train with me. I've tried, I've done my effort and trying to connect with them, but just something they're not interested in, you know, I'm not going to be upset about it. I still cheer on those kids. I'm still friends with those kids. Um, I'll shout out to our boys hockey team. I don't train our boys hockey team, but they're probably one of the best teams in like the nation, Minnesota hockey, whatever. They're really good. But just because I don't coach them doesn't mean I'm not, I don't follow them along. You know, I, I still check their scores. I'll say hi to them in the halls, you know. And so I think it just, The more coaches you can get together, working together as a piece of the unit can then trickle down to school and it can help kids. It can help with other teachers and things like that. And so I think there's a whole if I ever go to my doc, get my doctorate, that's kind of something I was like thinking about. Just like that idea of like what would be the impact of like if something went really, really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about this as well. Each team has its own culture. I've I figured that out pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I've always been raised in the in football culture of, you know, it's intense. Twenty four of you know hours a day. Twenty four out of twenty four hours a day, it's intense. So you go, go, go. You bust out a bunch of weight. You try to get fast. You know, the whole nine miles. I mean, I go train. You know, baseball last year. Last year at uh, last mile, I was at training baseball team for a little bit their culture was way different than the football culture and then train basketball Basketball's way different so how do you like manage those different cultures because you kind of are in the center of all that
1: yeah I think a lot of it comes from like just like talking with the coaches like I have a good relationship with probably 90% of the coaches that, that train with us you know, just today our dance team was practicing and I knew they're practicing. So I just walked in and said, hi, just said hi to the coach, talk shop with them. Like, oh, like, can we get the girls in tomorrow? Like, sure. Heck yeah. Bring them in. And just connecting with them. I know it's a little bit more on the, on the coach's plate to do that, but like just a simple text and a check in like, Hey, how are things going? I always welcome coaches in to come watch us train. Um, and just to see, like, how I run things and if I always try to, like, meet with them preseason, postseason, talk about these things. And, again, like, I try not to step on too many toes when it comes to their specific sport because I wouldn't like that if they came in and did it to me, you know? But I try to I, I try to ask questions. Like, hey, like, why, why do you do this? I watch practices. How are things run? Um, and, again, like, not everyone has time to do that. I'm, I don't have, like, Eventually, I'm not going to have the time to do that, but right now, I can, and I can go in, and I can watch these practices, I can go do these things, see how things are run, and if I can connect that with what, like, I was just dance, for example. Dance, they practice a lot, and they just, like, work, 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 work. For them, the weight room's a break. We get to come in, we get to we get to have fun. Like, there'll be days where they'll, be, like, they'll come in and be a coach, like, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, like, ah, we're not training today, we're going to play dodgeball, like, We're going to play games. We're going to do something fun. Like, they're all jacked up. Like, we can live tomorrow? And I'm like, heck yeah. So I think it's just meeting the coaches kind of where they're at uh, and just not trying to replicate their culture because we have our own expectations here. But how can I intertwine what their expectations are to what my expectations are? And how can we create the best environment for success for each team? And I think that's one of the biggest things I've worked on. Like, I've tried to tell my staff is that like in the summer I have like seven interns. So we have like a ten person staff in the summer. And so like to teach these kids, like I'll get a group that comes in who, you know, I know their culture, I know what their coach wants, XYZ. How can I tell my assistants like here, here how can they learn this on the fly just by watching? And and you, you can just watch a session and kind of get a get a a feel as to what the team culture is. You know, you get a team who has I guess, like, weight room culture is, like, a thing, too. Like, you have a team who's been in the weight room for four or five years. They come in, they get to work, they get out. And they have fun, all these things. But if you have a kid who's never been here before, doesn't know the expectations, they're kind of, like, looking around, like, oh, no. So, like, spinning it so it's familiar. Okay, so, like, tempos, like, in dance, you guys count. And one, and two, and three, and four. Okay, you're really good at counting. So, just think of the tempos, it's like, counting and dance. Aren't going to be the same, but and so just trying try to create as much transparency between the two as, as
0: possible. Yeah, that was the way it was for cheer when I first got here. It was just because none, of, I don't think any of them have been in the weight room. The God Chillers, um, some were football players, so they kind of knew who I was for the first couple of weeks. Um, but you know, again, you, you kind of mentioned that everyone's kind of look, looking at each other, saying, you know, what are we supposed to do? You know, we're just trying to figure this out, and I mean, it, again, going back to football culture, uh, I, I I guess I'll refer to it to as football culture because you know it's high intensity. You get in, you do your work, you get out, and there's some teaching along the way. But of course, you know, I, I guess you kind of learn along the way with with uh, how we, I guess we were kind of brought up right they you know, just kind of throw you say here's a barbell this is how you basically do it now go do it and now it's a lot more particular um but yeah cheer i, I think about cheer when you said that i was like yeah that that was definitely that team and then after a while they kind of figure it out um you know you you constantly repeat yourself over and over and over um but eventually again yeah, they figured it out yeah
1: yeah, so one thing I did want to touch base on is I was thinking of some ideas is it's just data and how kind of how you use data, what you've seen, and then kind of how I use data with our kids. Um, and just like, and I know this is a podcast, but like, do you use Rock Daisy or do you? Are you? You're, you're, I know you're a Google Sheets wizard, but is that anything you've messed around with or team builder? Or your you team builder? Yeah.
0: Team builder. Go Google Sheets.
1: Yep. Cause that's where, cause like, like, what, like, what do you like in your program? Like, what do you think are like, what are your most tracked like KPIs, your measurables that you guys, you, you base a lot of what your philosophy is, whatever, like, what do you guys use the most?
0: Okay. So it took a while for me to kind of see what was important and what was not. Um, this is basically, here's just a basic layout. Um, I do the four lifts, so power cleans, deadlifts, squat, and bench. Squat and bench are three rep maxes for uh, relative strength, and then absolute strength for power, clean, and deadlifts. Um, So that kind of takes care of that on on, on that end. That's more, I guess you you won't call it football numbers, but um, just basic strength numbers. Um, I do 10-yard fly-in with a 5-yard build. Uh, We got a dasher system, so... Uh, maybe' you know use the lasers, yeah, they are pretty nice um the the last school is that donated uh dasher donated uh that program to us, so we didn't have to spend the money to to actually get it, which was nice and then I left, and you know that's under school name, so that was school property, and I couldn't take it with me, which was a huge mistake i I will never do that again, um but we got one here, which is really nice um. Change the direction, so we'll do L drills, we'll do the pro agility stuff. Um, I've done that with more football than anything else. We'll take a look at broad jumps. So horizontal displacement displacement is huge. Um, just like vertical displacement is huge as well. And then I think we're getting some form of a jump mat so we can measure um you know, our verticals and stuff like that. And that was actually from our softball and volleyball head coach. She said, You know, can we measure like vertical height? I said, yeah, we got like this old vertex that's like stored in the closet and like a couple of the little what do you want to call them the, the little like
1: little I, ticker I thing. Yeah, yeah, little ticker <laughs>
0: thing. Little ticker like there's like how the 20 of them like eight of them are broken. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we still can technically. And she said, "Well, is there any way we can, you know, measure this, it? like besides like chalk and, you know, taking the tape measure and all that stuff?" It's Like, "Well, there is a $1,000 like jump mat system, but I I mean do you want to spend the money? So we had a proposal and everything like that. But long story short, yeah, that's that's what I track.
1: Yeah, I think it's very similar to what we do as well. We do I used to be a big you should track a lot more like we do like the three rep max, like we have our training maxes, everything is based off of that. And it's just gone really well. I'm not I'm not a sold on we don't clean. Um like, again, it's just something that I'm familiar with, but our group, like, is it the most, is it time-managed? Like there's, like, there's a bunch of different variables. People always ask me, like, oh, you guys don't clean. Oh, there's a bunch of other, you know, a lot of ways to develop power other than that. And, you know, it's just the way our room is set up, the way things flow, it just, it just, we just don't do it. Um, Yeah, we just measure vertical jump, fly 10 with a five-yard build. I think it's our, our big one. Um, what our kids have uh, like the most, we do, like fly like max velocity flies um as well. again, we we don't do it as often just because with our space in our room, our room's not long enough. but when we go on the dome, we get to let them open up a little bit. Um, then we use that truck stick metric. I think we've ever seen that one that's just momentum. Um, our bigs love that one just because that's where they score a little bit higher. Um, and like I'll do like like our girls' hockey team. They come in after practice and train. So on game days, we sprint. Like, as our warm-up. And it's something that last year we started. So we started, like, I I just got our girls' hockey team, not this year, but last year. Um, And one of the things I wanted to, I read this article from the Liberty University hockey strength coach, I think who it was. Um, They would sprint on the ice, and they would time. And I was like, that'd be awesome. But I can't be in two places at once. So to start practice, I had our, I wrote out kind of like, here's what I want you guys to do. Um, And we started implementing that during practice. And my boat, three-fourths of the year kind of fell off and I was kind of bummed about that. But um, so I was like, where, when can we get some other sprinting in? I was like, oh, game days. And so we time on game days, which is super cool um, because then it allows me, I use it as like a readiness. Type thing for a game, so I think there's like a I don't know maybe you've seen that, but like a it has all like the fly time, so it's like 1.4. You have 95% of that, 90% of that, and it'll show you what, it, what it in what that threshold is. And so, like we just have a QR code, our kids scan a Google form, and they enter it in, and it pulls. Shout out to my wife for figuring the V lookup and all that stuff because that's above me. But it pulls, and then it goes right to their name, which is. She's like, "Can you do it now?" I was like, "There's no way I can do this formula, but thank you." Um, and so, like, we'll sprint before games, and then I'll walk right downstairs to the locker room and talk to coach and be like, hey, again, what the head coach does with the data is completely up to them. It, it gives me, like, hey, I'm just trying to do my part. Like, all right, so-and-so was, like, on the sheets I have like, their, their average, their rolling average for the year, and then I have their current PR. And so looking at that PR from in-season, we try to keep it in. If we want to be around their average. And so we have kind of look at that. And the kids love it. Um, and we haven't had any trouble with it yet. Like, there's nothing, like, hasn't been, like, too much or anything. Um, but it's a readiness thing. And there's been quite a bit of correlation to what they've run. Like, say they ran a PR. so oh, they have a game tonight. So, say I would have brought them in the day we would have sprinted. We look at that time, and if they run a PR, are probably going to be ready for the game again. I don't have any other data to base this off of other than what I've done with my kids. But majority of the time, a kid who, like, I'll, if I watch a game, they're a little bit slower on the ice. Like we'll, And then we'll touch base the to coach again. They're like, oh, like, so then this, then it further leads into our uh, discussions with kids and, like, hey, like, how do you better prepare yourself for a game? You know, football, we do it too, except we use it on a jump mat. We just, so each week, the ultimate skill guys jump one week, next week, bigs jump. And so, Boom. Okay, if you're within 95% of your average or PR, look at the data. I can just send a coach like, "Hey, so and so." The reason why is because it stemmed from I had a kid last year who jumped super super low compared to what his averages were, and I was like, "Hey, like Bobby didn't jump very well. He's a starter." Sure enough, tweaked his hamstring, and I was like, "Hey, like." It is probably, there's probably a correlation there, but like I told the coach ahead of time. And so it's just, it's kind of just one of those things that, again, I don't have a ton of other data I can reference it to, but from what I've done with my my, my population here, like that's why we do it. Um, And sprinting is also great. And so, and the kids love it. And so that's kind of my little my little touch on data. Cause I know some of you guys are way better at sheets than me. But um, I like doing it. I like tracking it because the kids really like it. Um, And then we test other metrics, you know, just the pull-ups, things like that, just to see, like, a a good basic strength threshold. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah, also stuff, man. Um, Yeah, I I want to do more game rating this stuff. So, you know, jumps or sprints, I I think, is a fantastic way of um, looking and just Preparation, you know, you can look at like injury rates and stuff like that through through things like that. Like that, kids won't tell you, you know, like they ain't gonna tell you that they broke their shoulder, you know, third quarter into a football game or anything like that, which is you know ridiculous and nuts. And I understand it because done it, you know, been there and done that, whatever. But we also take a look at chin ups as well. Um, max number chin ups. Um, if they can't do chin ups, then I'll have them pull themselves over the bar and then we'll time them. For how long they can do that. Um what else did we do? Max velocity sprints, so forty yard fly with a one yard build um out of a either two point three point stance. I I don't really get too picky with that. Um just because I just want them to feel comfortable and then go, you know, sprint really fast. So yeah. um I, I do that. Um what I want to get into and uh, I was looking on Amazon today is buying buying a radar gun. And measure, yeah, measuring a uh, torque with yep. uh our eight pound med balls and just seeing how fast you know are, are we actually throwing med balls um and just rotational power and stuff like that. So just you know, just basic stuff, man. It's it's fun. I, I really like data, I really like numbers. Um, yeah. I that's I, I guess that's where that kind of stems from. You know, I just I, I really really like numbers, it's been that way since school. I've I, I just Excelled in math and then science kind of creeped up behind it and but english and reading were uh pretty low on that list and there's a reason why i had to take the the cscs like eight times man it wasn't eight it was six but i didn't even read questions at that point just click and just yep. go so
1: yeah i think too like one like one thing i get like when people use data like it's not the end all be all like and that's where i think a lot of people like just because we use a lot of data doesn't mean like it's we're all about it like i can like it's not my like a, a kids still it's the kids still can play great even if they run slow but like sometimes more often than not they could something could be wrong or like you know like we use training maxes like well how come how come my training max is so low okay like wait like, remember like we're in a whole different like just the way our program's set up like we're not hitting like we're in season right now. Like, let's just, you know, like, well, then I got to hit this. And so I think sometimes kids become a little too obsessed with numbers, which kind of, you know, we'll get like, Oh, one thing my intern, my intern, my assistant told me, is like, every just, again, this is our only data from our program. Every third week, we're on like four week blocks, every third week, our times are faster than any other of those weeks. And I, it just been like that since we started, I started here and I'm like, how we talk about it. I was like, well, the kids are adapting to what we're, we're implementing and they're not, they may not run a PR, but they're getting closer to the PR faster than their average. And like decided like the the principle, like they're just learning, like they're getting better at it. You know, like maybe they got a really good night's sleep too, you know? And there's so many intangibles that go into that, Where I think some people get a little bent out of shape with other people's stuff. Like everyone's program's different. Like, if i If I got dropped in just a neighboring school of strength program, it'd be completely different than ours. and vice versa. And so I think it's you know, another I think it's Joe kind of quote again is make it big time where you're at. Like just do the best job you can with what you have and the kids you have. Like quit trying to compare yourselves to other programs. Like I like to compare like guidelines and stuff like uh, like all my all my fly metrics. like I talked to Cody Hughes about that, like hey, what do you see? Again, his school is significantly smaller than mine, so his sample size might be smaller. So again, and then everyone like and that's like sometimes I like I don't share a ton on social media just like I don't I don't really get in arguments about what we do, why we do things. But if a guy wants to hop on a call, I'll explain it to him. And say, hey, here's what I do, here's why I do it. It works for me. It might not work for you, it might work better for you. And so I think just having that mindset of like, they're just high school kids at times, and sometimes it, your numbers don't matter at all. Like, at the end of the day, they showed up. They could, some could be terrible, happen in their life, but they're there for you. You can't get caught up in all the mumbo jumbo of what social media has to say and and just things like that. That's where I try to get arguments on Twitter. I just like to read through and see what guys are saying, and I'll take it, take find something I like, and I'll take it, compare it, maybe adjust it. Like, oh man, that guy's kids are way faster than mine. I can't use those metrics that an hour, like maybe my kids are faster or something like that. And so
0: Yeah, I only use the metrics and the the the, the number game to really highlight attributes of what a kid really needs to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um well I started right now and I'll show you. Um once we're done with this call, it's called an athlete report card and it will show what their current situation, current numbers are. And then compare it to normative data. So, um, and, you know, it could be things like tenure flaws. It's like, are we in the really good category? Are we just okay? Are we below that? And I'll show you when all that uh, once we hop off, man. Um, I like, I like go seeing ahead. stuff
1: like that. I, I just like seeing stuff like that because, again, like, you're doing it to help the kid. like right? You might post, like, oh, this is what we have. Well, how come you're not doing it this way? Well, this is what we're going to do. It's going to help this kid. You don't know this kid at all, but I want to help this kid get to this. Or even highlighting what they've done. Like, just to show them, to, like, to have a leaderboard. Like, I have, I have one kid. He's a freak. I did not teach him how – I just can't mess him up. He's a state champion, 100-meter dash. He ran a 1-1-2 fly 10 the other day, like, cooking. And people are like, no way. And I was like, dude, I'm not kidding you. Like, one, I don't care that you're in my DMs about an upset. This dude's 17. Who cares? He's going to go run track at Duke. He's already fast. Whether it's 112 or 115, it's freaking fast. But we love getting excited about it because that's what we track. And now he's got the all time record. And, but now it motivates other kids. I want to get faster. I want to be as fast as Tobias. I want to do that. Like There's so many other reasons why data can be used versus what someone might think. So that's my splurge on that. I'll stop talking about data
0: no you're fine man i like talking numbers i, I just think it's a point of reference yeah. you know what what you want to do with your program past that point that's fine whatever but it's just a point of reference so yeah um let's go ahead and start wrapping some things up here yeah. let's go ahead and do conjugate coach spotlight so is there anyone in the field of strength conditioning that you want to highlight or shout out
1: Ooh, there's a handful of guys um Pat Basil, I reference a handful of guys. Uh, again, like, I think it's coming from a non-exercise science background. He's helped me a ton in just, like, giving me ideas. A lot of the people that I look up to or reference, so Pat Basil, Cody Hughes has helped me a ton. I buy a lot of his stuff. Um, Austin Yoakum, these guys are on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Derek Smith is a riot. He uh, came up here. We went fishing together when he came up here for our national convention. Um, and then probably Scott Meyer out of Farmington. He's just been a really good he, coach, he like taught my wife in high school. So that just we always joke about that, like, oh you're getting a little old, man. But I think just just welcoming me into the coaching field, I think, has helped a lot. Like there's I think there's so many times where I'll sit and like I don't know anything compared to a lot of people that coach and things like that. But just like the people that kind of reference just their ability to answer questions without kind of Oh, big time interlike like just genuine conversation um yeah Right, those four are some really big hitters on social media that i that i follow quite a bit and really look up to even though we're at all different parts of the country
0: yeah man awesome job well thank you again uh taylor for working with i guess my b- busy crazy what do you want to call it schedule um and just hopping on man you know, I've seen you from afar from from Twitter and uh I I I guess people are gonna, you know, get tired of me saying this, but it's different talking, I guess, face to face or screen to screen than it is um, you know, just interacting on social media all the time. That's why I like going to conventions and clinics and stuff like that and you know, just getting to see people face to face, man. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome to get to know you on a personal level now rather than just the the surface level on on twitter um but yeah awesome job man and uh, i appreciate you coming on
1: well thank you very much yeah it's my first actual podcast i've been on and so it's it's fun to listen to all the, the the strength ones that are out there and just to i think gives me a little bit more personal relationship with you and you know again one more connection that you and i can kind of continue with and yeah, I was pretty nervous. Not gonna lie, to start, I was like, I went to the bathroom like three times. And my assistant was working out. He's like, you got the nervous, the nervous peas." And I was like, oh, "A little bit." And I was like, "I don't know, man. I just want to sit and talk shop." And I feel like we could talk for a few more hours. But I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. I love being people's first podcast episode ever. It's fun. I think it's the most raw as well. You know, people are just, just they just kind of pour into it, and you did as well, man. I mean. I can't ask more than that, ma'am.
1: Well, appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. And that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow our Twitter at Conjugate Chat Podcasts on that social media platform. Also, follow Coach Taylor Moon on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a date today.